Tonight we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 4. So open to Nehemiah chapter 4. And the purpose of last week's message moving forward in 2024 as a church, as individuals, as families, and now um, tonight we want to talk about when Nehemiah got some F's, some hindrances to accomplishing God's will, some hindrances that we're going to face as individuals, as families, even uh, as a ministry, Elmira um, Baptist Church uh, might, may face. So Nehemiah chapter 4, let me read to you verses 10 and 11, and we're going to be in and out of this chapter, so uh, keep, it, keep your Bible open there. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 10, and Judah said, so Judah is not any one individual, but this is the group, the, the group that Nehemiah is trying to lead. Judah said, the strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed, and there is much rubbish, so that we are not able to build the wall. And our adversaries said, They shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them and slay them and cause the work to cease. Let's look at some hindrances to accomplishing God's will from this, these verses. Father, thank you. Thank you for the singing. And, and uh, my brother, Billy, is right. We need to make a joyful noise, participate eagerly in the singing, and sometimes we get the notes just right, and many times we don't, and you're honored when we do our best. We're so thankful that we are not on probation with you. We're not trying to please you in a, in a vain, what would be a vain effort to earn your favor. Instead, we have your favor. We have all the grace that we will ever need. We're so thankful for that, and we want our singing, we want our lives to be a testimony to our love for you and our commitment to you because we're grateful for what you've already done for us. We're grateful that we are secure in your hands. We're grateful that we are not striving and struggling to earn, but we are striving and we are struggling to live up to the opportunities you provide for us to, to fully utilize the grace that you've given to us. As we consider these hindrances, open our eyes to our personal issues, open our eyes to the family issues that we may face, and certainly, Lord, I'm asking that Elmira Baptist Church would see the, the hindrances that are facing um, our church, and we ask these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, amen. Um, we're going to be voting uh, on the 2024 budget tonight as a church, and so this, again, is to sort of help us understand uh, where we're at and where we're headed and what I think some of the headwinds may be. A budget always is an indication of what we think is important. I used to work on a bus route, another church in uh, Indiana, and my bus route ran into some of the poorer sections of town. But it would always amaze me you'd have somebody living in this house that was falling apart. You wondered how much longer the walls were going to stand up, how much longer the roof before the roof caved in, and they would have a BMW or Mercedes, brand new, outside their house. And it was obvious what their priorities was, drive a nice car. Now, I'm not making fun. If that's your priority, okay, I, that's not my priority, but yeah, drive a nice car. Our budget is going to determine what our priorities are, Elmira Baptist Church's priorities are for 2024. And I think there are some hindrances that we need to be careful of. And one of the things I learned as a teacher is that F's are not earned in a day. My students often would think, well, it's test day and I'm going to pass or fail this class today. 
the truth is they had opportunities week by week by week by week to learn the material, to master the material, to ask questions, to get help. And the test was really just a result of many weeks of effort or in some cases a lack of effort. I, I always was amazed in Mongolia. This, they, they had a different... Let me start on the American side. I taught in the, in the United States before I went to Mongolia. And in the United States, if a student fails, it's a reflection of the student's lack of effort. And then I went to Mongolia and I was teaching conversational English. So the goal in conversational English is to be able to speak English. Not to write it, not to read it, to be able to speak it. And so what we did a lot of in our class was I did what I needed to to elicit English speech from my students. And many times they'd come to my class and, and they knew a lot. They had a lot in their head, but it was hard to get it out. And of course you make mistakes and you get embarrassed. And so they would say things to each other in Mongolian. And, and long story short, I said, no, no, in this class we only speak English. Well, I still had a few students. For some reason, it was usually the boys that would just refuse to speak English. I mean, they might say a few words, hello, you know, how are you? But they said very little in class. And then they come to me two weeks maybe three weeks ahead of the end of semester. So we've been at this for four months. They'd come to me and they'd say to me in Mongolian, what do I need to do to pass this class? I'd say, well, for the last 12 weeks, you've done zero. You've not passed the, the, the speaking quizzes. You've not passed the speaking tests. You're not putting any effort in in class. How do you expect to pass in the last three weeks? And so I went to my Mongolian friends and I said, I'm having... And we're speaking Mongolian now. I said, I'm having real trouble understanding what these students think is going to happen. And they said, well, you need to understand, in Mongolia, an F reflects poorly on the teacher. So all their academic career, they've just sort of muddled through, and they go to the teacher at the end of the semester, and the teacher's deathly afraid. He can't give them an F, so he finds some way to get them past so they can get a D, or maybe a C, and he doesn't look bad. So I went, when I heard that, I went to my administration. I said, is this true? And my administrator, yeah, that, that's, that's how he's. I said, well, I just want you to know, I'm going to fail some students and I don't feel bad. And if you want to fire me as a teacher, you go right ahead. Now, I, I knew I was in a safe company because at that point I had students coming to the school simply because I was there. Not me. There was several other English speakers there. And I knew that they weren't going to fire me. But I just wanted them to, you know, everything above board here. I'm going to give these students Fs. And I'm going to tell you why. And, uh, the students never realized the problem was they not put in effort for weeks and you can't solve problems. You can't solve 12 weeks of problems in three weeks. Now, I think as a church, we're putting in an effort and I thank you. And many of the hindrances we're going to look at uh, tonight are not because you don't put in an effort. Many of them are because you are putting in an effort. So let's pick up with the first one, the first F that we see here. And remember, these are the Jews. It says Judah as a as a bigger umbrella for all the Jews. These are the Jews coming to Nehemiah. These are not Nehemiah's enemies. These are not the adversaries. This is not Samballat and Tobiah or Geshem. And uh, we'll see them come into the story here in a bit. These are the Jews. And they say three things in verse 10. The strength of the bearers of burdens is decayed. Number two, there is much rubbish. And number three, we are not able to build the wall. This part of the history of rebuilding the wall comes at a very critical time. The work has begun. They've made a lot of progress, and now they're getting very close to the end. 
chapter 6, I believe it's verse 12. They're going to finish the wall. They're going to tie all the, the pieces together. The gates are going to be set and they're going to be done. But when does Satan fight us the most? Just as we're getting near to the finish line. You'll see this with your own children. You're working years and years and years. And it seems like just as they're getting ready to move from uh, childhood to adulthood. From that time of being a teenager to an adult. They have some of their biggest problems. And Satan says, see, it doesn't pay off. All that effort, not worth it. Don't listen to the devil. Keep working. Be faithful. We see it in churches. And I'm concerned, not, I don't know of anything, but I'm just concerned because here we're getting so close to finishing this building. I don't think the fight's going to become easier. It's going to become harder. That was part of the reason for my passion this morning. And my passion this morning, I, I, we are in a war. The Bible says we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers. And when you're in a war, what kind of soldier do you want beside you? Someone who's uncommitted? Someone who's not really sure if they're willing to lay down their life for the, for, the, for the army? Someone who's trying to avoid conflict? I don't know about you, that's not what I want. I want someone who's fully committed, aware of the dangers, aware of the risks, and says, come on, we're doing this for the Lord. Amen. And that's not always safe. That's certainly, it's rarely comfortable. And it's not easy. And really what these Jews are doing is they're saying, here, Nehemiah, let me give you some reasons why we should just accept failure. What's the last excuse they give? We are not able to build this wall. I mean, <laughs> I'm laughing because they had already started. They were close. They were within weeks of finishing. I mean, they weren't, they, they were there. I mean, all they had to do is keep at it. And they said, we can't do it. And here's the three reasons. Number one, the strength of the bears of burdens is decayed. Here's the first F feebleness. Feebleness. We can't keep doing this, Nehemiah. We've been at this a few weeks now. By the way, they build the wall. I think it's in 56 days. You can read about it, but amazingly quickly. So they've only been at this a few weeks and they say, we, we just can't keep doing this. We can't keep doing this. If you are trying to live the Christian life and to serve at Elmira Baptist Church in your own strength, you're going to reach the end of your strength. And you're going to feel like, I can't keep doing this. Now, there are times you need to come to me and say, Pastor, here's the responsibilities that I have. Here's the struggle and there's the pressures I'm under. Can we arrange these in a different way? And I'd be glad to work with you. Because sometimes you are overburdened. So if that's where you're at, I'm not trying to make you uh, feel bad and try to keep the pressure on. Here's what I want you to understand. If you don't renew the inward man daily, you quickly run out of the strength you need to do what God does expect you to do. Let me read to you 2 Corinthians 4.16. 2 Corinthians 4, Paul's talking about some of the difficulties that he has. And here's what he says, 2 Corinthians 4.16. For which cause we faint not. We don't give up. We're not discouraged. We're not quitting. We faint not. But though our outward man perish, yet the inward man is renewed Day by day. How often was Paul's inward man renewed? Every day. Notice not week by week. Now I hope that your inward man is renewed to some, in some measure when you come and you join us for worship. But you need your inward man renewed on Monday. And then again on Tuesday. And then again on Wednesday. And then again on Thursday. 
If you say, pastor, how do you do it? How do you, I don't do it. My inward man has to be renewed every single day. So are you reading your Bible so that you profit from it each day? If someone comes to you and says, hey, did you read your Bible? Yes, I did. Here's what I read. And here's what I learned today. Here's what God showed me today. Here's the promise that God gave me today. And I, I'm, you know and I know, often you've seen it before. I don't mean learned like you never knew that. But what I mean is, it's renewed and refreshed in your mind. And God's promise that, yeah, you did know before, is a fresh reminder of his faithfulness. We need that every day. Are we spending time in prayer each day? And again, not just going through the motions, but as I said this morning, encountering God. Because if we do not renew our strength daily, it's no wonder that we are feeble and we say, we just can't keep doing this. Now, sometimes people say we can't keep doing this because they're just trying to avoid responsibility. And in those cases, I feel like saying to them, you're not doing anything now. What do you mean we can't keep doing this? But that's not most of the people in this room. Let's move on to the second F. The first F, the people come to Nehemiah, we we just can't keep doing this. We're feeble. We run out of energy. Here's the second one filthiness. Verse 10 there again, the, bear, the strength of the bearer burdens is decayed and there is much rubbish. Now we're going to, if you read earlier in the chapter, you will see that yes, that previous destruction and the process of rebuilding the wall, there's a lot of rubbish, garbage, extra stuff in the streets and it's in their way and they need to clean it up. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And they're saying, listen, there's so much stuff just lying around, garbage and other things that it's getting in the way. It's filthy. Now, I'm going to make an application because sometimes what happens in a church, what keeps a church from moving forward is the filthiness of unconfessed sin and besetting sins that keep hammering on us and we can't move forward because we're held back. It's like we're chained to the wall and we keep trying to move forward, but we can only get to the length of that chain. Now, I have good news. God wants us to live victoriously every single day. He's not a God who says, okay, you get enough grace for Monday, but Tuesday through Thursday, you better figure it out yourself. Okay, I'm going to give you enough grace for the weekend, but no, no, God wants us to have victory every single day. So when I do not experience victory, I need to go back to the word of God. I need to go to God in prayer and I need to ask him for that grace I need. Number two, Satan wants to beat us up. And say, well, you sinned, so you don't deserve. And you sinned, so you don't get. And you remember, always remind yourself what God says. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins. And to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And if you are a Christian who's confessed your sin to God, and you still feel the guilt and the weight of that sin, that is unbelief. Because God promised and you don't believe. God does not want you to experience guilt on an ongoing basis. When you experience guilt, it's a reminder to go to him and confess and repent and then get up and move on. Sometimes people are held back. Well, pastor, you don't know how bad I've been. You don't know how bad I've been. We've all had sin in our past, but isn't God good? He's forgiven us. Now let's move forward. Don't let filthiness, whether it's past or it's current, keep you from moving forward. Now, sometimes in a church, and and I've wondered, I've had some members ask me, Pastor, do you think there's some sin in the camp? It's a reference to Achan and Judges uh, in the book of Joshua. Excuse me. 
Do you think there's some sin in the camp that's preventing us from completing the building? I don't know of any. If I did, I'd be talking to you about it. But it could be that there's some bitterness or, or there's some distrust and rejection of fellow members or there's some gossip that I'm not, I'm not hearing that's out there that's preventing us from moving forward because there's dissension among us. When I say bitterness, I, I mean bitterness toward another church member. There may be some sin, some constant sin that's left unaddressed. I'm not aware of it. But I'm asking you tonight as part of this topic of filthiness, this F, this failure that could hold us back, I'm asking you to examine your own heart. You don't need to confess to me. If you find something, don't come to me and tell me about it. I mean, unless you're bitter towards me, then, then we should deal with that. But confess it to the, to the Lord, ask him for forgiveness, and move forward. Filthiness can prevent us from accomplishing the task. Here's the last F, and that's faithlessness. They said, we are not able to build the wall. Now, I am convinced that Nehemiah was led by God to build this wall. That's what the Bible tells us. He came to the people. He said, we are able to do this. God's going to help us and we're going to get this done. And now partway through the project, they say, no, no, we've tried, we we can't. Because they lack faith that God is going to continue to help them. There's a saying that's helped me a lot in my life, never doubt in the darkness what God has led you to do in the light. If he sets your feet on a path, And he's not obviously changed your direction. But there seems to be insurmountable obstacles in your way. Go back to him in prayer. Ask him for fresh direction. But don't just give up. Don't just say, well, I guess I I just can't do it. Keep moving forward. Do not be faithful. Faithless, be faithful. Trust that God will keep his promises. But here's the last one. The first one was feebleness and then filthiness, and then faithlessness. And and I am moving quickly, but here's the fourth one. Look with me at verse 11. And our adversaries said, so the first three were the ones that his own people said. Now he says, the adversary said, they shall not know, neither see, till we come in the midst among them, and slay them, and cause the work to cease. They had enemies that said, we're going to sneak up on them. When they're not paying attention, We're going to slide through those parts of the wall that are not yet finished and we're going to kill them all and they won't even know it. And what is the F that can often motivate us to quit? Fear. Fear. Our enemy's going to get us. We're never going to get this done. Now I want you to see something in this chapter. All of the excuses that the Jews gave, feebleness and filthiness and um, faithlessness, they're all, they have, they have, taken these excuses, these reasons for failure, these excuses for failure, they've borrowed them wholesale from their enemies. Look with me at Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 2. This is Sanballat. He's a great enemy of Nehemiah's. And Sanballat speaks in verse 2. He spake, Sanballat spake before his brethren in the army of Samaria and said, what do these, what's the next word there? Feeble Jews. Who do they think? They they don't have strength to finish this wall. And some Jews heard that. That's, you're right. We're not going to get done. We're too feeble. They're listening to their enemy. And that's why they're they're talking to Nehemiah. We don't have strength. We can't get done. Let's keep going. Verse 2. 
Uh, what do these feeble Jews? Will they fortify themselves? Will they sacrifice? Will they make an end in a day? Will they revive the stones out of the heaps of the rubbish? Do we see that word in verse 10? Rubbish? If you listen to your enemy, you are going to become discouraged. You are going to quit. Your enemy is not trying to help you. Some of us need to, li- I, I've said this before, I'm going to just say it again. Some of us need to watch and listen and read less news. We've got a lot of enemies out there that are telling us we're on the wrong side of history. We're going to lose. I, I know we're on the right side of history. As long as we're on God's side, God is faithful to his people. Now, I'm not saying we're going to win the next election, whatever that would mean. I'm not saying that we're going to become famous in, in our time. I, I'm not interested in fame. Not even saying everything's going to be prosperous and healthy, but what I know is that we will never, you and I will never regret serving God. Don't listen to the enemy. Look at this one, verse uh, 3, still in chapter 4, Nehemiah 4, verse 3. Now Tobiah, the Ammonite, was by him, and he said, even that which they build, if a fox go up, he shall even break down their stone wall. He said, okay, well, maybe they will build something and yeah, it'll look like a wall, but you have a small animal jump up on top of it, it's going to fall down. And the people were saying in verse 10, we are not able to build this wall. They've been listening to the enemy again. All of these statements that the enemy makes are intended to inspire fear. Fear, if I can broaden up the, broaden the um, feebleness, Fear that their resources will not last. Now, if you ask me today, now, Pastor, can you describe exactly how we're going to finish this building and get in? The answer is no. I'm going to be candid. I I don't. Number one, I'm not a construction guy. And every time I think I have a good grasp of exactly how it's going to come together, Kenny, our contractor, or Jesse, who is an engineer, says, no, 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 it doesn't work that way. I say, okay, I'm listening to you guys. I keep asking, exactly how much money is it going to take to get from here to this point in the construction project? And they'll say, well, (laughs) I don't know exactly. And you know what the enemy says? You people, you'll never finish that building. Your resources are going to run out before you get in. Let's not listen to the enemy and give up and say, we we can't do it. Our, Our resources won't last that long. Because we have seen God provide over and over and over. I wasn't here, but some of you remember clearly when it was just a field. And then God gave money and you raised the property two feet and put a big concrete slab out there. And I showed up and there's a big concrete slab and a a friend. uh, He is a friend and God bless him. I won't mention his name, but he's a friend. He came to me and he was looking at that concrete slab and he says, you know, I was at a church one time as a pastor with a concrete slab like that. I said, oh, really? Yeah. I thought I was going to get this encouraging. Yeah, he said, I let it sit there for a few years, and then I had bulldozers push dirt over it so I wouldn't be reminded of it. Uh Yeah, oh, my stars is right. Don't tell me that. Don't listen to the enemy. Don't listen to the enemy. Feebleness. This talk about filthiness is the fear... That the obstacles that face us are too much. We'll never overcome the obstacles. That's again the talk of the enemy. 
to discourage us. Now we need to be wide-eyed. We need to be intelligent. We need to ask questions. We need to plan. But if God's called us to do it, no circumstance is going to be insurmountable. Fear that even if we do succeed, even if we do get it finished, even if we get moved in, that something bad's going to happen. A fox is going to jump on the wall and knock it back down. You see how the enemy tries to use fear to prevent us from moving forward? Now, this is about the building because that's where our church is at in our, in our church's life, but it comes to my individual life. It comes to my family. It comes to the community of people, the group of people that God's given me to whom I minister. Feebleness, filthiness, faithlessness, fear. Hindrances that our enemy uses to try to discourage us. And I'm asking you, I asked you last week to move forward as an individual, as a family. And of course, we're moving forward as a church. Let's not use feebleness as an excuse. We're not strong enough. We can't get it done. Let's not use filthiness as an excuse. Well, there's some sin. Just can't get beyond it. I'm just trapped in it. No Christian is trapped in a sin because God is not faithful. Don't let a lack of faith Hinder all that God has for your life. I heard a preacher say, Jim Shetler say one time, he said, don't let miles or money determine what you can do for God. And that's a good, good statement. If God's called you to do, do it, no matter how far away it is, no matter what it costs, if God's called you to do it, you can accomplish it. And you're talking to someone who went to Mongolia and back. Don't be afraid. Have you noticed in, as, as you read through the accounts, the history of Jesus, the, the predictions about Jesus' birth, have you noticed how many times the angel says to somebody, fear not? It came up today in Zacharias' story. You see it when Gabriel shows up to Mary, he says, fear not. You see it in Joseph when he has his dream that he's supposed to take Mary as his wife, even though he's not sure where this pregnancy comes from. And the, the uh, angel says in his dream, fear not. And then the uh, uh, shepherds are in the field and the angels appear suddenly. And what do they say? Fear not. God, does, God never motivates you by fear. Now there is a fear of God and, and we, we should study that. We should be terrified of a God who is holy and who judges sin. But God doesn't motivate us by fear. And often our, our enemy tries to. So the invitation tonight is to consider how God wants you to move forward if any of these if any of these F's fear or feebleness or filthiness or faithlessness if any of these F's is your hindrance to moving forward. Is it your hindrance to believing God wants Elmira Baptist Church to move forward particularly with this building project? Father, thank you for uh, bringing us to, together tonight, and thank you for blessing us this morning, meeting with us. Uh, we need you to meet with us every time that we come to worship. And indeed, we need you to meet with us every day so that our inward man is renewed day by day. We live in a, a world, in a, in a culture, in a place where we are constantly bombarded by temptation and wrong thinking and fear. And people are constantly trying to warp our thinking, 
warp our will so that we turn aside and do what is comfortable and what is easy and what is selfish instead of doing what is right. And we ask for your help to see past these obstacles that appear that they're going to stop us and see clear through to the will that you've laid out for us. As we come to our, our uh, meeting our, uh, to approve the 2024 budget, I'm asking, Father, that you would lead us clearly. And I pray all this in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen.